connectedness that a state of double-mindedness can cause. Is that correct, sir? That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. That's okay. Correct. So yeah. you're saying? No, no. I was saying, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I didn't want to act ignorant because, you know, I can act ignorant. But so I'm going to try to keep it nice. <laughs> Don't go ignorant on me. Don't you do it. <laughs> Woman of God, Shamika, you're on point. He did mention transparency. He talked about taking off the mask, the facade. Yes. What were you saying about that, Pastor Weaver, with that duality and reality? Well, you know, we have that tendency to believe that faith means fixed or that salvation means solved. And so we don't have a... A, a line or we don't have a, uh, a section for the folks that are saved and love God, but haven't arrived yet. Okay. In, in the body of Christ, we have this tendency to create two lines, uh, arrived mm -hmm. and, and not saved. Okay. But, but, but the reality is, is that the majority, 99.999% uh, of us, are not in either one of those lines, arrived, unsaved. The line that we're in is saved and struggling, saved and 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 working on those things that uh, uh, we came to Christ for and that we were anointed to overcome. We wouldn't yeah. need the help of the anointing if we didn't need help. And so it is contradictory to believe that as Christians, we, 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 we have arrived or, or, or that we aren't in need of help simply because Jesus Christ died on the cross, left us with help because he knew we would need help. But we don't have a line for us to get in when we need help. We, we have to either line up in the saved and arrived or unsaved. So, and, and, and so folk have this reality of having to pretend a lot of times because the body doesn't know how to handle reality. Yeah. Come on now. Come on. Come on. And what so, you say? You know, that, that's a struggle, but it's a struggle that's imposed. A lot of us have to just break out of really religiosity and recognize that Jesus is not about what somebody thinks about your walk. Jesus is not about whether or not uh, you are arrived. Jesus is about progress made through faith and work that creates growth opportunity for us. And we have to sometimes just look at some of these demon Christians straight in the face and just let them know, go about your business, mind your walk, because I'm not loved less because I'm not where you think I should be. And, and so when we start to accept the fact that we're good as we are and constantly growing, we stop letting folk oppress us and force us to put on masks so that we can make somebody else feel good about where we are. So what about the unbeliever? You're, you, I hear you talking and I agree with you wholeheartedly because I am a believer. 
But what about the people that don't even go to church? What about the people that don't know the Lord? And for all of you that are coming in the room right now onto this Facebook Live with Cara Jones Unlimited, LLC, and Pastor Patrick Weaver, Senior Pastor of the Faith Hill Church in Oakland, California, please share this post live to your page so that your friends, family, and followers might also partake and participate in this conversation because this is a good conversation. This is a grown folks conversation going over here with some hallelujah undertone overtone. And I'm a preacher's kid, a PK, so I don't mind. It ain't about church. But it's a much needed conversation. You talked about the mask, putting on the mask, the facade. By counseling as an intern, this came up a lot. It's static. This came up a lot. It's still static. Can you hear me better? No. Can you hear me now? No. Now? No. I didn't change it. But your static, somewhere your static is coming. Is it better? Now it is. Oh, okay. So you need me close when I talk. Okay. Thank you, sir. So... I was um, talking about putting on uh, the mask, the facade. And, you know, a facade is no more than that face, this face. Right. That we dress up in the morning, look in the mirror, put on. And I say, from a clinical counseling perspective, we put on that face so that we can go out into the world and survive. Right. Why do I say that? Because we got we got to eat. We got to have shelter. We have to have lights. We got to have heat. You know, we love these cell phones and these internets and stuff, right? So in order to be able to maintain all of these so-called wants or needs, we have to earn a living. And a lot of times that means leaving the comfort zone of our homes. But when we have been battered, bruised, dismayed, accused, it's hard to go out around other people and show ourselves in that fashion, that transparency, right, that you were talking about? Right. So there goes the mass, no doubt. Right. So we are creating a disillusion because we present ourselves in a disillusioned manner. But people don't know that right off the bat. Am I wrong, sir? Right, 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 right. Help right, me right. then. Help me. Right. I mean, you know, most folks, and, and, and this is, you, you know, everybody has a different perspective, and so I'm mindful and considerate of the reality, but most folk know that the average person around us does not really know us. Right. The average person that 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 we come in contact with, particularly, uh, and I think it would be easy for everybody uh, to say, in the church, the average person sitting on the pew with you does not even know you. They shout with you. They buck and run. <laughs> uh, they Why do you have to go there? <laughs> but but they don't know you, right? And and so the cycle creates 
this opportunity for us to be one way with the saved folk in ah. uh, another way with the folks that we deal with who really know us. Come on uh, now. Well, so it all emanates from uh, the way in which we, we number one, the way in which we church. Church oh. has a tendency to encourage us uh, to look saved as opposed to uh, transform grow through talking about issues that impede or impair our ability to walk in faith. That's generally not the place where we have those conversations. And so when, you know, you look at it from uh, uh, the perspective of the life we live outside of church and or the life we live that is more authentic, uh, there is where we, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. And those issues that are unresolved start to manifest themselves in various aspects and various relationships. And so this double-mindedness is not only a reflection of uh, where we or how we function with Christians, it also is how we function in relationships, how we function uh, under stress, how we function under uh, 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 various circumstances, but the reality is, is that th th this double-mindedness becomes a factor that is the result of us not dealing with concealed issues. Your mic is down. We can't hear you. Mm -mm. No. 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 Me. Now we. Yeah. It's that mic. For some reason, it's either something is wrong. No, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. Can you hear me? We can hear you now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to stay right here then. Connected. You were talking about before Facebook and the internet so rudely interrupted us, sir. You were saying that you cannot be effective if your reality is not stable. Am I right? Correct. Can you see me now? Yes, sir. I see. I'm sorry for these technical difficulties, but maybe you need to hibara sa ta 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 ta. Because this is tripping today. Okay. Okay is right. They have the Facebook has not had its coffee nor the internet. Right. Hey, Perk, how are you, eh? So, sir, you were saying that that people cannot be effective if their reality is not stable.
What do you mean? Can you can you tell us again if you don't mind? Yeah, we, we you know when we talk about this and 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 I think it it helps us all you know from the standpoint of how we walk out our faith or what our faith actually looks like because many times we 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 mask our reality or we hide behind our Christianity. The problem with that being is, is that whatever we're masking or whatever we're covering up, it manifests itself in different ways. And so rather than it being effective masking, it winds up creating and causing a double-mindedness because we're serving two masters, the crazy uh, and the saved or the struggling or the hurt or the uh, uh, impaired uh, and the saved. And we are oftentimes doing that because Christianity, and I'm not one to obviously uh, bash Christianity uh, by no means. And so this is not about bashing Christianity, but the body of Christ in general struggles with transparency so Mm -hmm. we're more comfortable being concealed or covering up than we are being revealed and so as a result we walk around almost forced at times to be double-minded because there are few instances and or authentic Christians that we can be transparent with and so uh, we have a representative that's usually the one that shows up at church. Mm. Uh, and then when we leave church, we contend with our reality uh, or our duality. Okay. Uh, and, 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 and because there aren't many different ways in terms of uh, getting help and or uh, uh, being transparent in the body, uh, we usually don't turn to the body for help or for conversation or for uh, transparent conversation. And so we got a lot of us that are just walking around trying to figure out how do I overcome, heal, grow, and not be condemned for not being perfect. Let me ask you a question right there. Because I want to reiterate for everybody that's coming in the room, Even though Pastor Weaver is my distinguished guest today, this is not about church. We are talking about a double-minded man. In part one, right now, we're talking about disappointment and disillusionment. So what he's speaking to is the ineffectiveness that a state of double-mindedness can cause. Is that correct, sir? That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. That's okay. Correct. So yeah. you're saying? No, no. I was saying, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I didn't want to act ignorant because, you know, I can act ignorant. But so I'm going to try to keep it nice. <laughs> Don't go ignorant. Only. <laughs> Don't you do it. <laughs> Woman of God, Shamika, you're on point. He did mention transparency. He talked about taking off the mask, the facade. Yes. What were you saying about that, Pastor Weaver, with that duality and reality? 
Well, you know, we have that tendency to believe that faith means fixed or that salvation means solved. And so we don't have a, a, a line or we don't have a, uh, a section for the folks that are saved and love God, but haven't arrived yet. Okay. In, in the body of Christ, we have this tendency to create two lines, uh, arrived and and not saved okay but 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 the reality is is that the majority uh, 99.999% of us are not in either one of those lines arrived unsaved the line that we're in is saved and struggling saved and 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 working on those things that uh, uh, we came to Christ for and that we were anointed to overcome. We wouldn't yeah. need the help of the anointing if we didn't need help. And so it is contradictory to believe that as Christians, we, 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 we have arrived or, or, or that we aren't in need of help simply because Jesus Christ died on the cross, left us with help because he knew we would need help. But we don't have a line for us to get in when we need help. We, we have to either line up in the saved and arrived or unsaved. And, oh. and, and so folk have this reality of having to pretend a lot of times because the body doesn't know how to handle reality. Yeah. Come on now. Come on. Come on. And what so, you say? You know, that that's a struggle, but it's a struggle that's imposed. A lot of us have to just break out of really religiosity and recognize that Jesus is not about what somebody thinks about your walk. Jesus is not about whether or not uh, you are arrived. Jesus is about progress made through faith and work that creates growth opportunity for us. And we have to sometimes just look at some of these demon Christians straight in the face and just let them know, go about your business, mind your walk, because I'm not loved less because I'm not where you think I should be. And, and so when we start to accept the fact that we're good as we are and constantly growing, we stop letting folk oppress us and force us to put on masks so that we can make somebody else feel good about where we are. So what about the unbeliever? You, you, I hear you talking, and I agree with you wholeheartedly because I am a believer. But what about the people that don't even go to church? What about the people that don't know the Lord? And for all of you that are coming in the room right now onto this Facebook Live with Cara Jones Unlimited, LLC, and Pastor Patrick Weaver, Senior Pastor of the Faith Hill Church in Oakland, California, please share this post live to your page so that your friends, family, and followers might also partake and participate in this conversation because this is a good conversation. This is a grown folks conversation going over here with some hallelujah undertone overtone. And I'm a preacher's kid, a PK, so I don't mind. It ain't about church. But it's a much needed conversation. You talked about the mask, putting on the mask, the facade. You know, by counseling as an intern, this came up a lot. Well, you know what? 
you, you take me to a place when you talk about how do we evolve, how do we become more effective. First, right. people have to realize that there is a need <laughs> to change. Right. Evolution means change. I, I think I posted something about you have two options. You either change or you repeat. Right. And that's where those generational issues come in. That's where those right. learned and taught behaviors get repeated in families. And then it extends outside of our families to our friends because what people have to understand, what we have to understand is everyone with whom we engage, come into contact with, there is a transfer. Either it's a transfer of communication, transfer of behaviors, attitudes, mindsets. We share who we are and people tap into our spirits and theirs to us. Right. Right. So for me, one of the things that I share and teach is that in order for change to happen, we have to recognize how we view ourselves, our situations, and oftentimes there's a need for us to change how we think, how we perceive. Right. Am I wrong? Right. You made a statement to me, Pastor Weaver. You said, if we are to uncover discover and defeat double-mindedness. We have to have an alternative way of looking at things. Right. You also said that double-mindedness, oh my God, this about here blew me away. It's just a symptom of the problem. What do you mean by that? Why? How is double-mindedness just a symptom of underlining issues? Well, you know, it's kind of almost saying, how do we know something is double-minded, right? Whatever that might be. However we're, however we're thinking that contradicts what we believe, whatever that is. If I believe that I am qualified, uh, eligible for the promotion that I desire at my job, but I show up to work late every day, my belief is contradicted by my behavior. <laughs> and this creates and causes for us a need to reconcile, reconcile. what yeah. we believe with our behavior. And so when we try to exercise our faith we we have to begin with being honest with ourselves and 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 telling ourselves the truth about ourselves and being okay with the answer because as you said before we can begin 
healing or doing any work, we have to firstly acknowledge the behavior that we need to work on, whatever yeah. that might whatever that might be. And the behavior is a symptom of a problem. You may have been showing up late to work because your child's daycare opens at eight, but you have to be to work at eight. So it appears on the surface that you're just being late, but the reality is you can't get to work any earlier. The behavior is a symptom of a problem. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to deal with and resolve the symptom, we have to resolve the root. The root <laughs> of the problem is where we have to begin our work or address the problem. You can't solve symptoms and fix a problem. Huh. And so therefore, what we as a body have to do in our dialogue and our discussion and or what we have to do in our circles is begin understanding the difference between a root and a symptom. Because you may be with somebody who exhibits symptoms of wanting to be single. And they may cover those symptoms up or they may stop doing some of those things. But the underlying issue is they don't want to be with you. Right. So even though they may stop staying out all night, that mm. doesn't mean that they want to be with you. And if they don't want to be with you is not resolved, whether they stay out all night or not, they're going to find out or they're going to find or, or, or that, that, that root is going to manifest itself in another way. Because the underlying issue, the root, is they don't want to be with you. And so we have to recognize and understand the difference between root and symptom because we cannot solve a problem by fixing symptoms. It doesn't work. I'm just going to let that marinate for a minute because, see, can you hear me? I can hear you. What you just did, Pastor Weaver, and I don't mind. I ain't mad at you at all. You know, I love your teaching. I share it all the time. That's why I invited you on this premiere with me. Because, see, it's time out for people skipping around, skirting around reality. There's only so much partying. Yeah, I said it. There's only so much partying. There's only so much substance abuse use. And all of these other maladaptive behaviors that people have a tendency to adopt. There's only so much of that that you can do before you self-destruct. Right. And so if we are to help each other, it's not me helping you and you helping me. We, it has to be a reciprocal thing. But people have to have a want, a desire. They have to have a seek in them for change, for better, for healthy. Right. 
tolerance creates or causes oppression because that's cooperation with the lie. And then the cooperation resulting in oppression causes our depression. So we can be sitting in a relationship and be depressed because we have resorted to discounting our belief so that we can increase somebody else's value. And so now we have to be a zero so that somebody else can be a hero. And that causes for us then to walk away from our belief, walk away from our faith. We basically have to walk away from anything of value because what we're trying to do is to make ourselves uh, be okay with making a uh, 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 happy meal be a full <laughs> course meal. Or we have to be okay with uh, accepting emotional crumbs uh, in, in, in response to or for our value. Whenever we allow for ourselves, whether it be behavior from somebody or behavior from ourselves, whenever we have to discount our value, tolerate what discounts our value, we then start operating in a double mind or we start having double-mindedness. Because if we were single-minded, we would walk away from what does not serve us or from what does not benefit us or what disagrees with what our value is. Do not throw your pearls down before swine. That should mean if we embrace and understand that one scripture, there should never be a day where I'm going to tolerate you right. because it says toleration causes the pig to turn around and harm me. So I have a responsibility to know when I'm walking aside or apart from what I believe, because the Bible tells me that when I am throwing my pearls down before swine, I am going to be harmed. And so whatever context you want to apply that to, it, it, it is still true. If we allow for ourselves to walk away from our own truth, our own belief, to tolerate what is untrue, it will eventually cause us harm. It will cause us harm internally and it will give people silent permission to harm us. Yes. Ourselves to be whomever we feel other people want us to be in order to stay in relationship with them, even when those relationships are toxic. Exactly. You know, uh, the main reason and purpose of that is a familiar spirit. Ah, come on now. You're turning the corner. Yeah, that, that's a familiar spirit, and we oftentimes don't realize nobody ever treats us wrong. Mm. We give permission for people. That's the same difference as saying you're driving your car down the street, the cars in front of you put on their brakes. If you don't put on your brakes, you're going to run into them. 
And therefore, you have control over what happens next. When you say somebody is mistreating you, you have control over what happens next. We're not wired for crazy. <laughs> We're wired for love. Those two things happen and oftentimes get confused because of a because of a, a, a familiar spirit we were raised by toxic teachers toxic parents we've come through toxic relationships and so the main and or the primary question we have to start asking ourselves when we accept toxic and or crazy behavior is who taught us how to love because our love teacher created a familiar spirit and through that familiar spirit, we are attracted to what is familiar. Mm -hmm. if, if crazy is familiar, if abandonment is familiar, if oh. is familiar. Oh. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, if 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 molestation is familiar. Oh, come on now. If sexual abuse is familiar, we we will we will we will embrace behavior that we have been taught and or that has become normalized in our soul. And so because it has become a normalized thought, the person who we are dealing with now, they're a reflection of our infliction. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize it or it doesn't affect us. You know, the folks looking from the outside in may say, well, why are they still with them? Or why, why do they put up with that? Or why do they tolerate that? Uh, because they're thinking and saying to themselves, they should know better. Right. But that, that, but that is a very simplistic and a, and, a, and, a, and a very elementary view of the complexity of the human condition. Nobody wants to be abused. Right. So therefore, anybody who is being abused is reflecting a condition that causes them to allow the unacceptable. And that goes back to the double-mindedness in that when we see ourselves doing something that disagrees with what we believe, we have to then be willing to be transparent enough with ourselves to acknowledge that our behavior is the permission slip for somebody else's behavior. And when we acknowledge, then we can begin addressing the roots that are creating or causing these symptomatic problems or issues because our tolerance is just a symptom it's not the problem. Because even if we get rid of them, the next person is going to do the same thing unless we dig up that root. And so we start then in the church. And, and as I said to you before, the reason why most folks stay stuck in the pews, they stay sick in the pews, they, say, they, 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 they stay broken in the pews is because we don't want to get naked about what is causing and or what is affecting us because we go to church for revival but god never told us to revive the holy ghost god said renew your mind we need mind renewals we don't need any more revivals because 
folks said that, or folk have been taught and we have misunderstood. It says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We need to get out of revivals for the Holy Ghost and get into some mind renewals. But see, that requires for not only the people to be real, it requires the individual, the clown behind the pulpit to be real. Because if you say imperfect behind the pulpit, then you don't have the power nor the capability or the humility to teach what needs to be taught and talk about what needs to be talked about. Because we don't need a Holy Ghost revival. We need a mind renewal. But you have to get naked. You have to get real. You have to get raw. And in order to do that, we got to walk away from religiosity and start getting into relationship. Woo! Come on now. What you say? And that's where it goes back to, again, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. If you're dealing with this issue, somebody else in the building is dealing with that issue, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Somebody else in the building is struggling with it, too. The Bible says there is nothing new under the sun. And so whatever is afflicting me, it's afflicting somebody else. In fact, the truth of the matter is the reason for fellowship is for afflicted people to get together and build each other up. I hear what your mouth is saying, but do they do that in the pews every Sunday? Because I oh, hear no. a lot of people out in the streets saying that's one reason they won't go to church. And and that and that and that is why we have to begin having, like I said before, the transparent and the 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 authentic conversations outside of the uh, church building, because it is uh, rare that you're going to have uh, these conversations in the church building. And so Christians at large, they have to develop and build circles, circles of friends, circles of relationships that actually do enable each other or enable them to sharpen each other from the church and create the circle, create the connections that enable us to sharpen each other. Because unless we're sharpening each other with reality with transparency with vulnerability we're not actually growing all we're doing is putting dirt on our grave but we are not growing growing is renewing the mind there is no other way to grow whether in the body or out of the body growing is renewing the mind people go to therapy to renew their mind Renewing the mind is the bottom line. And in order for us to recognize and realize the issues that need to be addressed in order for us to renew our mind and or in order for us to continue growing, we have to have the ability to be transparent. We have to, we, we have, to have the ability to be naked and real and raw without being judged, without, without somebody accusing us of, of, of not having faith. Uh, 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 we have to be able to uh, come to uh, our inner circle, come to the folks that uh, uh, we trust uh, uh, to work through those issues that we're struggling with. You know, and, and I'm going to put this out here. When Jesus told Peter that he was going to be sifted, he said, Peter, the enemy has asked to sift you all. Now, now watch this. 
And he said, and I'm going to pray for you that your faith don't fail. But look at here. We don't recognize that he didn't pray for Peter sifting. He didn't pray for Peter sifting not to be felt, not to be experienced, and or for it to go away. He prayed that Peter's faith would not fail. So when we apply that to ourselves, then the hell that you're going through, the struggle that you're going through, the sifting that you're going through, Jesus is not praying for that. He's praying that your faith don't fail as you go through it. So going through is a responsibility of us. Praying for our faith not to fail is the responsibility of Jesus. Jesus is praying for our faith not to fail, not for our sifting to stop. And so we then have to realize the sifting is our responsibility. That is the renewing of the mind. That is the work. Faith without works is dead. These things now become reality when we start talking about relationship. You can't do no click your heels three times, turn around, and the problem be gone. No, that didn't work for nobody in the Bible. And so we have to start giving folk the understanding and the clarity that when Jesus is praying for your faith, you've got to be working on your sifting. And that work cannot be done in a fake environment, in a phony environment, in an environment that does not allow for you to be saved and struggling, in an environment that does not allow for you to have faith and still need to be fixed, in an, in an environment that does not allow for you uh, 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 to be saved and struggling. You cannot grow in a place or around some people that don't want you to have any problems. What do you mean? What do you mean? If you have to be fake and phony around the people that you fellowship with or the people that are in your circle, you will not grow in that environment because you will spend more time fixing your mask than fixing yourself. What about your soul? This is the human. This is the human. This is where those issues and problems that, we, uh, that we're confronted with, these are the issues that affect our soul. See, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak, the flesh or the soul. And so I don't want to be around some folk that I have to fellowship with and pretend to be something that I'm not. Well, because if I have to pretend to be something that I'm not, then I'm not calling on the Holy Ghost for what I need. See, I'm calling on the Holy Ghost to put more makeup on my mask. That is not the purpose of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is to give me motivation and courage, power and strength to do the work that I need to do to fix those things that are broken within me. If I have to pretend, I'm asking the Holy Ghost to put more lipstick on the pig. Stick. Except the prayer of Jesus, which is for our faith, yes. that it does not fail. fail us. And I don't even care, you know, we can be talking about relationships, we can be talking about business, entrepreneurship, 
We can be talking about personal growth, uh, whatever area and aspect of life that it may apply. Right. The same principle is true. Double-mindedness is a byproduct of oppression. Oh. You can be oppressed in church. Yeah. You can be oppressed in a relationship. You can be oppressed on a job. The oppression comes from our willingness to accept the unacceptable. Right. Whether that be in the relationships we have, the connections we have, or in the behavior we're receiving. Whether that behavior comes from others or comes from ourselves. And so we have to begin as a body, first and foremost, as the body of believers. We have to begin saying what is true, acknowledging what is true, so that we can deal with what is true. And in every area and aspect of life, we have to start approaching double-mindedness with the attitude and belief that if we don't dismiss the myths and deal with the underlying issues, we will never solve the problem. And so we'll walk out our faith with masks as opposed to power. Power is only obtained or accessed as we decrease. The Bible says, uh, I must decrease so that he can increase. That decreasing is dealing with and removing the issues that impair our ability to walk in power. So grateful that you accepted my invitation to sit with me today in this virtual platform called Facebook Live on the first Unfiltered with Car Jones Unlimited LLC podcast premiere. I'm, I'm grateful for all of the guests. If you haven't already shared this um, live, please share it so that your friends and followers and family and the public, your public, like his and mine, might be privy to this wealth of information. I'm going to close out with this for today because we're almost at a two-hour mark, Pastor Weaver. You guys comment for me and let me know if this conversation was interesting to you. Even let me know. Type repeat if you would like for us to repeat. Because I'm going to be having a lot of conversations, but this one here is one that it pinches me. Because I see a whole lot of posts on Facebook. Pastor Weaver said, people are standing by the mailbox waiting for change to come. But it hasn't come. And we can tell by the Facebook posts. Ooh. I tell you, the way my inbox goes and what I see in my news feed, I can tell y'all waiting for something, longing for something. He, Pastor Weaver also said, it's not difficult to tell 
There is no way that you can cover up funk. F-U-N-K. Funk. It just smells like funk odorant. Like deodorant under the armpit. He said even when you try to cover up funk, it still smells like funk odorant. But the only way that we can begin to fix ourselves to impact social change is by the renewing of our minds. We have got to let go and stop perpetuating this state of double-mindedness. We have to let our yays be yays, our nays be nays, let yes be yes and no be no. All this in-between stuff, all it's doing is causing a bunch of confusion for us as individuals and for those around us. I like what he said. You, you said, sir, that we have to create circles. It's no different than support groups. I remember as a child growing up in the church, they had prayer circles. My mama used to be a part of different prayer circles and other circles. Well, you know, I'm about to embark on my second career in counseling. We have group counselings. It's called peer support. It's nothing but support, right? Confirmation. Right. Correction. Confrontation even. But it's necessary. You use a phrase all the time that I have to laugh at. <laughs> you talk about you're crazy. <laughs> and you said this. I'm going to end with this because <laughs> I don't want to laugh um, uncontrollably. You said the underlying diagnosis is that the situation is driving you crazy and you may need some help from a source that you have not already tapped into. Now, you and I, right, we're not trying to tell people what source to tap into. Right. We can recommend a couple, right? Right. right? But we don't tell people what to do. No. But no. we have shared information today, and I know, sir, I'm just so blessed. Who is this? Oh, Apostle Diva Apostle. <laughs> you read, can you see the comments, Pastor Weaver? Can you see them? I cannot. Oh, no. Well, my Diva Apostle, Apostle D Denise Chase from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is saying, repeat. Woman of God, Shamika Thomas. Yes, it was helpful. Thank you both. Repeat. Do you know a Mr. Daniel Green, sir? Yes, yes, that's my brother. Okay, Yo, Daniel Green has been with us from the first go live on to the second, and then we had Miss Sunette Peterson all the way from South Africa. I, I hope that you guys will share this. Joseph, thank you for sharing this in your group. Miss Diona Flowers, thank you. Thanks to all of you. Dina Turner, thank you. I'm going backwards. Andre Scott, oh, Andre Scott, music artist from Montgomery, Alabama. Thank you for tuning in. I saw one of Alabama's biggest promoters, Antoine D'Angelo Turner, on here earlier. Thank you, sir. Fannie Mae Pledger, thank you. Thank you all for coming in the room.
And, you know, this is not going to be the last time that we have an unfiltered with Cara Jones Unlimited. It's Holy Ghost Inspired. So I can't tell you that I'm going to do this every day, every week, every month. The way my schedule looks, it's probably going to be every quarter. But what I will do, and I have already done, is taken into consideration. Oh, we got a Texas preacher on the line, Pastor Weaver. <laughs> you done brought in the clergy today. Uh, Reverend pa Pastor John Baptista from Houston, Texas, is saying repeat. So the brethren and the sister will want to repeat, so I'm going to have to get with your administrative department so we can schedule a sequel, if that's okay by you, sir. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, I'm going to close this thing out for now, sir. I thank you. Thank you for your selflessness and your willingness to share all that you have been endowed with and blessed with. We thank you. I appreciate you. I love and appreciate you. I'm one of your biggest followers, as you know. Oh, there goes my daddy, Marshall. He is in Florida. We got Orlando, Florida coming in. Hey, daddy, Marshall. Good afternoon, sir. You know, you guys, I'm going to leave this posted on my Facebook page for maybe a day or so, but then I'm going to transfer it to my YouTube station, which is Chandra Purdue CJU. I'll post it when I do, but go ahead and continue to replay this and share it. Um, if you have any questions, type them in the comments on this video that I will leave posted. If you have any questions, if you have any um, statements, responses, type them in the comments. If you'd like to reach Pastor Weaver directly, you can inbox him. Or Pastor Weaver, before we close out, will you share with um, the audience, please, your various means of contact on the ground and virtually and your books that you have authored, sir? You know what? Everybody can, uh, all of that information, uh, uh, www.patrickweaver.org. You can get uh, all of the ways in which to connect the books uh, and, 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 and as well the blogs. Uh, but that's uh, www.patrickweaver.org. Many announcements to come. Many. Oh, I'm getting excited. <laughs> okay, guys, well, we're going to sign off for today. Again, thank you all. Chandra Purdue. <sighs> What, what, what title did I give myself? Founder, President, and CEO of Car Jones Unlimited, LLC, Performing Arts Company. The performing arts have saved my life along with God first. And I just want to thank all of you for your continued support. And we are signing off with the premiere featuring our distinguished guest, Pastor Patrick Weaver, Senior Pastor of the Faith Hill Church in Oakland, California, my home area. The, San, the greater San Francisco Bay Area. It is now 1248 Central Standard Time and on this pipeline for almost two hours. So we are going to call it a day. Thank you kindly. Thank you kindly. Thank you, sir. <laughs>